It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast on a Friday. Great to have you in. A ton to get to. Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com. Coming up in about 60 seconds, we will catch up with John Ledyard next week to talk about the Senior Bowl, the East-West Shrine game, and so much more. As always, on Twitter, at James Rapine, at Locked On Bengals. Subscribe, iTunes, the iHeartRadio app. Google Play, wherever you get your podcast, you can find Locked on Bengals, including Stitcher as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. Spotify, we're on Spotify as well. Spotify. I love Spotify for music. You can get the podcast there as well. Make sure you bookmark LockedOnBengals.com. We're adding to the writing crew. Added some writers this week. Going to continue to add and get this offseason going in the right direction at LockedOnBengals.com. A ton there right now. I wrote this week about multitude of things, including what I want to see from the Bengals. And one thing that I wrote about, and, and you can read the quotes, I talked about it earlier this week on the podcast, with, was Paul Alexander. And him kind of endorsing Cedric Abwehi and Jake Fisher on his way out the door. And for more on that, Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com joined me yesterday on ESPN 1530. And I want you to listen to this conversation because Jeff is obviously in the building down there at Paul Brown Stadium, he covers the team. He gets inside access. And this conversation, I led with just that, the, his thoughts on the idea that Paul Alexander had of Cedric Obwehi and Jake Fisher being better, being good NFL players. Does anyone else inside the organization now feel that way? Here's Jeff's answer. I think with a new coach coming in, uh, James, and thanks for, the, thanks for promoting that, I, I, I just talked to Bill Lazer the offensive coordinator, and, you know, everything's on the table from players to scheme to what they're going to do. You know, he says, you know, he basically says, you know, if you have to blow it up, you have to blow it up. Now they have to sit down as a staff, figure out what to do. So I think everything's up in the air, frankly. Players, scheme, uh, they have to look at it. So I don't think, I mean, I think there's a belief in the organization that those two guys have talent, clearly. They, um, you know, that's why they drafted them where they did. Um, but, um, you know, I think in the end, I think that's going to come down to what the coaches put in and how they want to use them. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I mean, I said struggled and I don't know where his confidence is. I think that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing. I mean, is, uh, where, 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 where is his confidence? Maybe getting a new look from a new coach. Maybe that's helping. And Fisher, you know, physically, how's he going to come back? How's he going to be? So there's enough questions around here that, you know, I don't think you can sit. I don't think they think you can sit still. I think they're going to look at, you know, they're going to look deeply in the draft and in free agency to try and see how they can get better there. Yeah, and, and that's that's the interesting thing because, uh, most Bengals fans right now, they're thinking, oh, 12th pick, it's got to be an offensive lineman. It's got to be an offensive lineman. It's got to be. I don't know if that's the case. Uh, a year ago, Jeff, the, the Bengals, their biggest need in most people's minds was defensive line. And they addressed that in the draft, and they got really good players that contributed right away. But they didn't pick a lineman in the first round. Could right. you see them going that route again this season, potentially, depending on who's there? 
I still think they're going. I think that I think this draft more than any other draft, they'll really not not reach. They'll really try to get a guy, you know, that 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 should go with the twelfth pick, no matter the position. I, I do think they'll, you know, they got ripped pretty good for taking Ross, um, who I think a lot of people, some people thought they took him too early. Although you know that was about right where he was, the third the third guy taken. The Bengals had to take in some, somebody would have else, you know, three or four ways down. But the Bengals don't usually take a guy like John Ross that high. So I think they'll probably go more traditional. And I think that 12th pick, you know, I could see another, I could see another defensive, you know, I could see another defensive end. I could see a safety. Um, you know, clearly if the tackle is good enough, they'll take him. You know, but uh, from what I understand, this draft is deep. It tackles in rounds two through four. Mm-hmm. So, given the extra picks they have in, in the third, I could see them walking out of the first two days with two linemen. You mentioned John Ross, Jeff, and, and what, what's the? Because I, I know he's in town now. I guess he might be rehabbing or, or doing some work or doing some offseason stuff. But what what's the feeling? What's the organization? They look back at that rookie season. How do they feel about John Ross in twenty eighteen? You know, uh, the thing with Ross, the anticipation was so great. You know, the fastest guy in the combine, we're going to put him in there, and he's automatically going to be Marvin Jones or Mohamed Sanu. And uh, it just, it just didn't. It, it was the opposite of that. It was, it was, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a horrific. You know, he had, he had, he had one more turnover than catch. You know, he had a fumble and no catches. Um, you know, I tried to get laser on that. You know, and I think. The entire offense is kind of like John Ross. John Ross is some is embargo of the offense. They haven't accomplished anything, and they're going to have to do it on the field. I mean, they're not going to give him a pass. Um, I think he's in the doghouse, and I think he's going to have to he's going to have to be healthy, and he's going to have to practice, you know, very well. And uh, uh, I think they've got a good receivers coach in here to do that. I think Patnell, the new guy, he, he was was uh, uh, had a real good run in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, with those three, you know, three three years in a row, where those guys had, uh, you know, where he, three different guys had career years, and maybe that's what John needs. Maybe John needs another another have somebody fresh looking at him. Uh, but I I, I think that um, you know, uh, like Laser said, he's got to, you know, it's up to him. It's up to John, and I, I think the guy. My personal opinion is I think the guy's going to be a – I think he will be a contributor. I think he's going to be a good player. I think he's a smart guy. Uh, you know, he runs routes. I remember Kevin Coyle talking about how great he ran routes, how, how he watched practice, how he watched practice, how, how even though he, he was fast, he just knew how to run routes and, um, you know, could get in and out of them so quick. So I think, you know, he's a year smarter now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a year under his belt. The big thing is, you know, he's going to be healthy. So I mean I think I, and I think in this new you know, I think in the new system whatever it is with new people you know with new people I think he's going to uh, I think he's going to contribute I think he's going to be more than a contributor. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. 
What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Jeff Hobson with Bengals.com is our guest. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. At Jeff Hobson Sin. I look at this this offseason. You mentioned free agency as far as addressing the line. I think that that makes a lot of sense when you have a 30-year-old quarterback, A.J. Green in his prime. You want to get ready-made talent that can come in here and give them a boost, protect Andy Dalton, and get Joe Mixon going in the running game. Do you think that they, they will seriously look at adding offensive linemen in free agency? I think they will, but there's two things working against it. Uh is anybody who's out there going to be worth a damn if he's not signed up? And, I mean, a tackle I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, they've got some other people to get done, some big money. You know, I think they, I think they think like Gino and Carlos, uh, Atkins and Dunlap, are, their two, are, are two guys that they've got to get done here pretty soon, probably before the start of the season. So those are big, those are big numbers, you know. Um, they've got to... Uh, what do you do with Andre? Maybe Andre's the maybe Andre's the free agent tackle. Uh, I mean, I they would like to do it, I think, but I don't think they're going to move far off their philosophy that, and you know, and maybe uh, you know, who knows what happens with Bodine if they have to replace Bodine? Maybe they go that way through free agency. You know, a center is not going to cost you as much as a tackle. Is that but, is that a guy in Russell Bodine? You think they might try to retain? Um. I'm not sure on that. I, you know, like I said, new line coach. Yeah, he's got to sit down. You know, he's got to sit down and look at all this stuff. I mean, that's the thing about that's the thing about it was uh, um, to me. This is the biggest change, uh, uh, even even bigger than when Marvin. Well, no, was, Marvin was the hugest thing coming in in '03, and he really he really shuffled the staff then. But to me, this is the biggest change since because it's the line coach that's changing, and the offensive line means so much and. You know, Laser basically said he's the run coordinator. I mean, he wouldn't give him the title, but that's what he is. That's the guy's involved in line play. And I think it's going to change kind of who they look at, who they like. You know, Paul likes a certain kind of guy. we got to see what kind of guy this guy likes. So I think Bodine's an open, you know, I think that's an open question. I think Bodine's a question, you know. Um, so I think, uh, but I think, you know, I think they'll look. I think they'll look at free agency, but... I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll stray from their philosophy, which is they're not going to overspend. And you know, I mean, um, I think if they think there's a guy that's out there that's worthy, that can help them, they'll go get him. But I mean, they got to get Gino and Carlos signed too. I don't think they'll sacrifice that. And I think they'll have to, uh, you know, what's going to be out there. I think that's you know, if the guy's not signed up, how good is he? Jeff, as far as Tyler Eifert's confirm, uh, concerned. Obviously, he, he doesn't have a contract next season. How interested do you think they'll be in trying to keep Tyler Eifert here 
knowing his injury history, knowing all of that, uh, it, that goes with that, his talent. Do you think they're going to try to keep him around next season? I don't think there'll be fanatics about it. I mean, I think they'll, uh, they'd like to get him. I think they'd like to get him at a, at a price, uh, at a right price. They're not going to, they're not going to drop a lot on him. Somebody may, you know, I think the guy they're going to pursue is Tyler Croft. I think they'd like to get something done with him. Um, you know, he said, um, he said three, you know, he said, you know, he's, he's been pretty good. He's heading into his fourth year, try to get him done. If they could get Eifert maybe for a year with some incentives, maybe they'd do something like that. But I can't, you know, it's tough to count on, you know, it's tough to count on him, you know, and I, I, I think they'd love to have him here if he was healthy, obviously. But, I mean, that's such a big question. I think they'll monitor him in the off season. They'll probably, you know, I, I don't think they'll come out real fast on him. They'll see how he's doing. But uh, I think I think their priority at tight end right now is Croft. That's interesting. That, that's interesting. I I don't blame them. I mean, Lapp I mean, how much would you how, how much would you give? You know, I mean, I mean, you know. It, that's uh, the thing. I, I I wonder if what type of market because there's no denying Tyler Eifert's talent, but what type of market he would even get uh, in free agency? I mean, my guess is somebody's going to drop a number on him, you and I can't so? see this. And I can't see this team doing that. Yeah, I, I get it. I totally understand it. Uh, Jeff Hobson, Bengals.com, is our guest. The, the story of the offseason, and, and obviously it's it's one of those things now. He's signed for two more years. He's going to be here. But Marvin Lewis returning as head coach. Th- there was a couple days, Jeff, where no one really knew. Assistants didn't know at the time. Media didn't really know. What do you think went on between Marvin and, and Mike Brown and ultimately leading to, to his return here in Cincinnati? Ask me who shot John Kennedy. I could probably have more. I could probably have a, a clearer answer. Uh, I have. Uh, I really am mystified by all the events, uh, just because of what happened up in Minnesota before the game. You know, that was all very curious. You know, he was gone. You know, I mean, uh, you know, it was like writing an obit. For uh, you know, uh, a guy just kept you know he just kept he, he he came back after so many people had written his Bengals obit, you know, and so I don't know, I'm not sure uh, what happened. I, I I would think that uh, you know they obviously they 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 mutually agreed to some things. I don't know what they are, but um, you know I think to me the big thing was they've got to get this offense fixed. I think Marvin I think Marvin does you know I think Marvin does a good job getting the team ready. And getting them ready to play, and uh, I think um, you know, I think that proved in the last couple of. I think he does a good job, uh, you know, running running the team, and uh, but they had to fix. Clearly, they had to fix the offense, and he took the right steps to to get that done. I mean, he, he they basically you know blown up the staff, and it had to get done. And um, whether that's what they talked about, I mean, I'm sure Mike didn't want. Things to stay status quo. I, th- I think he's comfortable with Marvin running the show. I think uh, they got a good relationship, but I think he obviously wanted some other things done. And uh, I think we've seen that, you know, in, the, in, in uh, you know, I mean, a new line coach and, and, and with, um, you know, uh, to me, that's the big thing. That's the major change. That's almost as, as big as changing the coordinator and having a new line coach because he's so influential. So, but I don't know, you know, all I can think of is that uh, Marvin, uh, you know, I think Marvin, Marvin saw maybe how the team responded in that last month, and uh, you know, after the after the blowout to Chicago and Minnesota, and 
you know, I, I'm I'm not sure. You know, we'll yeah. uh, uh, and I'm and I'm not sure he'll tell us. He <laughs> said he wouldn't. He said he wouldn't tell me when he was leaving, and so he didn't tell me why he was coming back. So I don't, you know. <laughs> That's, I'm probably a bad guy to. I'm probably a bad guy to. Ask. I thought you were the right think, man to ask. I figured I would try. <laughs> but I think that. Uh, no, but I think that. Uh, um, you know, Marvin's. Uh, I think he does a good job in this situation where there's there's new with his newness where there's a new part of the. I think it's going to be a new offense. Basically, that's what we're looking at. Uh, I think Austin gives him something something new on defense. Marvin's very good with that stuff. He's very good with the players. So. He's been here before. The big thing is he's been here before. And he's been in this situation. They responded. You know, I go back to 11, mm-hmm. you know, which was basically, I go back to 14 when he had two new coordinators. And um, they were beat up. Hell, they were more beat up in 14 than they were last year. And then they were this past year. I mean, they had, they had no Eifert. They had no Marvin Jones. They had no A.J. Green. I mean, in five games, he had no catches. They still won 10 games that year. So you know, Miami's been in this situation, and they've and they've uh, and they've responded. So I, I think it's interesting that uh, to me that to me the story is how the how really the offense is going to be. It's it's going to be different. I hope so. I hope so. No doubt about it. Last it, it, it has to be. It has to be. It can't get any worse. Correct. Thirty second. I mean, it was, you know, it's it was the worst. Brutal, it, was, it, was, <laughs> it was the worst rushing. It's the worst rushing team they've ever had. It was awful. It was and the thing is, is they have good running backs. <laughs> so it's, something else has to change because Joe and Gio it had can to get, run it. It's got to get fixed. I think Lasers. I think Lasers a good man to get it done. I think he brought in a terrific guy in Pollock, and um, it's uh, they know. I mean, you you talk to Bill Laser. He knows they're coming. They're going from the ground up. You know, and it's. Uh, I can't remember a Bengals offense ever being in this situation. I mean, they went thirty-two and 08. But that's because Carson Palmer missed 12 games. Their first string offense finished last in the league. Can't happen. Yeah. Can't, I... can't, can't happen, and it's, uh, I think they'll do everything in their power uh, to make sure that that doesn't happen. And I think other than that, I think a guy who's going to become a star in Cincinnati is a new defensive coordinator, Terrell Austin. I think people are really going to like him. I think he's going to bring, bring something new. guy carries himself uh, like he's been there before. So. I think, you know, I think the new staff, I think the new staff has done what Marvin wanted and the players aren't even here, but I think he's kind of uh, shot a little juice through the building. Jeff, last question for you. Jeff Hobson, Bengals.com, joining us. As far as the, the quarterback position goes this offseason, obviously the, the uncertain status with A.J. McCarron, that plays a, a role in this. We'll get an answer to that next month in February. But how... How likely is it that they address the the backup quarterback position, or look to move McCarron, or maybe draft one to replace McCarron? How, how what do you think about the quarterback position and where it is right now? Yeah, it's great. You know, you talk about McCarron, and there's such anticipation around that uh, around that that position around that guy. Um, I think they've got to they would lo- they they would love to keep the guy. You know, I know he wants to get out of here and play, but they love having two good quarterbacks. You know, so if there's any way, if he's restricted. They're going to try and, I think, work it. Work it. They would like to have him stay. But if not, you know, obviously they've shown they can trade for him. I think that's up in the air. I think they'll, I think they'll play it the best way they can there. I don't think they're going to – I don't see them drafting one high. I, I just don't uh, – they've got so many other problems. We've just sat here and banged the offense for five minutes. So, you know, that's Andy Dalton's problem. You know, to me, he's the least of their problems. You know, he's, he's two years removed – 
from being an MVP candidate. So, you know, help them. Help them. Surround them with people. Surround them with a scheme. Surround them with players. So I don't see them taking a guy high. I think they like Driscoll. I think they think that, you know, um, they, you know, probably the most athletic quarterback they've ever had, probably ever. And I think they could see him being in a backup role. Uh, they'd like to keep AJ. Now, I don't know. He would probably block it back. But I think, you know, they'll get a, they'll get a good player for him, you know, if they, if he, if they can't work out something with him. But, um, you know, I think they like Driscoll and I just don't see them, I just don't see them doing anything high at quarterback right now. That's Jeff Hobson, Bengals.com. Uh, and that, that's my conversation with him. I didn't want to play the, the goodbyes and stuff because, again, he joined me on ESPN 1530 on Thursday. I just thought it was really unique insight because, my God, could you imagine a scenario where Andre Smith's the big free agent offensive lineman they had? <laughs> oh, boy. Could you imagine that? Yeah, we spent money on Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap and Andre Smith. That would suck. Can you also imagine the idea that they don't look at quarterbacks at all in the draft? I will kick and squirm the whole way. I promise you the whole way, if that's the case, about that. The whole time that that's going on, the whole time that we're wanting to know and waiting to see if the Bengals are interested in quarterbacks. I'm going to, last year, you know what I did? I spoke John Ross into existence. This year, the quarterback position... I'm going to speak it into existence because, my God, I'm not saying draft one, but you got to be open to it. I wrote about why on LockedOnBengals.com. You can check that out. Also, if you're betting on the conference championship games, which I did at MyBookie.ag, use promo code LOCKEDON. Get up to a 50% bonus. I teased them. I teased the the line, the, the New England Patriots, down to a point and a half. I tease the Vikings, now they're three-point underdogs. The payout isn't as high, but man, if that hits, you're going to have a happy James on Monday. Thank you so much for listening. Check out mybookie.ag, promo code Locked On. Follow me on Twitter, at James Erpine, at Locked On Bengals. This is your one-stop shop for all things Bengals, a daily Bengals podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be back at it Monday, and until then... You can email me, jamesrapine at ESPN1530.com. Follow me on Twitter. I will talk to you guys Monday. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Bengals Podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.